0: today on the Ward Preacher Podcast. The way to judge the Spirit of Christ, and has the day of miracles ceased? I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Ward Preacher Podcast. All right. Uh, today's Come Follow Me curriculum will bring us uh, towards some of the last chapters in Moroni. Uh, the reading covers, Moroni 7 through 9, we, uh, there's so much stuff in here. We are only going to talk about Moroni 7. Um, there's, some, there's some great stuff. Uh, in the other chapters, absolutely worth reading, but let's go ahead and dig in and talk about the way to judge. Here's some reading in Moroni chapter seven, verses 12 through 14. Wherefore all things which are good cometh of God, and that which is evil cometh of the devil. For the devil is an enemy unto God and fighteth against him continually and inviteth and enticeth to sin and to do that which is evil continually. But behold, that which is of God inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. Wherefore, everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good, and to love God, and to serve Him, is inspired of God. Wherefore, take heed, my beloved brethren, that ye do not judge that which is evil to be of God, or that which is good and or that which is good and of God to be of the devil. All right, this is a, a excellent set of verses um, that are here in this in this chapter. And ultimately, um, it is important to understand that God has a goal. It has been the same goal the entire time. He is trying to make bad men good and good men better. That's always been the case. And Satan is always just trying to mess with that. He's just trying to frustrate whatever God says, he wants to disrupt God because he has an unending hatred of God. So it's simply finding what God says and trying to get people to do anything else. Anything else at all. Um, Being able to make this distinguish uh this this distinction to distinguish good and evil is perhaps the most important skill to develop. Um, and a lot of people kind of live their life using approximations to this distinguishment. Um, and and to some degree there's some value in some of this stuff. For example, there's there's people who approximate good as equality Or fairness. And there's definitely truth in this approximation. We are ultimately all children of God with the potential to go to the same place, to inherit his kingdom and receive all that he has. That is common among all children of men. Everyone equally has that right. And treating someone as if they do not have that ability, is wrong. Treating someone as if they are not a child of God is wrong. Jesus taught this about having joy over penitent sinners in his parable of the lost sheep, and he also followed that immediately with a parable about a lost coin, and then the most famous, the parable of the, um, of the prodigal son who, uh, who departed and then came back, And it was right that they had joy that he came back because he had a a right, even though his behavior was not the same, it was good that he had equal opportunity to make amends and to return. Um, Loving mercy, as Elder Renlund talked about in last conference, loving our enemies, as President Oaks talked about in last conference, both of these are fundamental Two things that Jesus himself taught. Um, At the end of the first chapter in the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about, uh, he adds this, uh, the way that we treat others uh, is sort of like, you know, even even the publicans know how to treat their friends nicely. But if we're the children of our Father which is in heaven, he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Loving mercy is important. Praying for our enemies, treating all people in an equal and loving and positive manner is important. There is good that we can find from approximating all good to fairness and equality. But there is also inevitable frustration because they are not always the same people are born in unequal circumstances. For some, that means being born into wealth, and others being born into poverty. For some, independent of those labels, some are born into circumstances in which they are loved, and others circumstances in which they are unloved. Some people just have more luck than others. More opportunities arise in their lives. And if we're always worried about equality is is very important, the inequalities that we see can become really frustrating because no amount of effort, except by an extreme amount of force, and even then it has never actually worked out, but an extreme amount of force and oppression to get people to have equal stuff. And this is especially true when Uh, People are looking less at the equality of opportunity, which doesn't always equal. Um, It's not always the same as equality of outcome. And so they try and push the idea of equity being different, the equality of outcome. No matter where you start out, we want to equalize the outcome. And that's extremely unfair to people who work really hard um, and and they have things taken from them and given to people who do not work really hard. That's incredibly unfair. Uh, people who do the work should be entitled to some sort of benefit from that work. And, uh, and, and so when you start saying, even though you worked for it and this other guy didn't, Uh, we've determined that he deserves it because everyone has to have the same outcome, then that requires somebody sitting as arbiter making these judgment calls. And it's rarely ever something that results in actual fairness. It's usually a bad approximation, and everyone finds fault with who deserves what and who has more than someone else, and is a big cycle of covetousness and envy where everyone is miserable and unhappy. Um, It's a bad approximation, especially if you're looking at equity as opposed to just equality of opportunity or equality at the beginning. Um... There are other people on the other end of the spectrum who say, no, good is not necessarily equality. People can and maybe should be different, and that's okay. What is good is freedom. And there's some truth in this. Compulsion is certainly a fundamental element of the wrong that can be found in many of the crimes that almost everyone acknowledges as being wrong. Whether this is theft, whether it's adultery that, you know, you're breaking a contract that the other person did not consent to, whether this is some form of rape or slavery or some other compulsory act. A lot of these are fun. We understand that that's fundamental to what makes certain acts criminal and uh, freedom really sets us apart from these, these uh, criminal acts. Ultimately, also, we kind of recognize intuitively that God allows people to do stupid things uh, that might even hurt themselves, make their own mistakes, and kind of learn to pick themselves up because he values our freedom. He lets us make bad decisions because he values our choice. And we know that the adversary, Satan, sought to destroy the agency of man. The concept of being able to make your own choices, fundamental to uh, the plan of our Heavenly Father. But this is also an approximation, which leads inevitably to frustration. One example of this, you could look at the doctrine of Nihor, which was also ultimately an argument based on freedom. You should be free to do anything, and there is nothing that is wrong. What's most important is that you choose to do it, and anyone who tries to tell you that something is bad or that you shouldn't do it is controlling you. Therefore, they are bad, um, and Nihor believed that so strongly that he murdered a man named Gideon in the Book of Mormon, um, because of his strong belief in this idea of freedom. And most people will draw the line before that. You can't really do any kind of uh, extreme version of freedom where you are able to infringe on the rights of others. Um, But this also doesn't quite explain why, in many cases throughout the scriptures, government is seen as good, Or wars, which are conflicts between governments for political purposes, can be justified. Consider the war chapters in the Book of Mormon. Righteous chief judges, or even before that, kings, brought goodness to their people by compelling certain things by law. Whether this was preventing persecution, whether this was ensuring that that people were taught The right things, that they assembled and listened to the right teachings, Uh, this this had a positive effect in some cases. Consider also the people of Ammon expelling Korahor, mostly against his will. Um, But they were lauded as being wise, even though they kind of infringed on his freedom. They bound him up and kicked him out. Um, they they infringed a little bit on his freedoms. So what is the freedom-loving approach to deal with people who trample on the freedom of others? Ultimately, you're going to be in this situation where you're going to need to make some sort of compulsory act in order to preserve some degree of law and order. Um, obviously, both free and fair approximations of goodness have elements that are good, but sometimes these elements are in direct opposition to one another. The thing that is being approximated is goodness, and it's important to know that that's really difficult to approximate. Sometimes good actions are not actually good. Let's look at some reading Uh, a little bit earlier in the chapter. Moroni chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. For behold, God hath said, A man being evil cannot do that which is good. For if he offereth a gift, or prayeth unto God, except he shall do it with real intent, it profiteth him nothing. For behold, it is not counted unto him for righteousness. For behold, if a man being evil giveth a gift, he doeth it grudgingly. Wherefore, it is counted unto him the same as if he had retained the gift. Wherefore, he is counted evil before God. And likewise also is it counted evil unto a man if he shall pray, and not with real intent of heart. Yea, and it profiteth him nothing." for God receiveth none such. This is kind of an important thing, because when we think about offering gifts or praying, we typically think of these are good works. These are righteous acts. And here, it's plainly taught that, well, not necessarily. Additionally, Jesus was very clear in his mortal ministry that many of the Pharisees performed good acts. But, Their motivations made these acts not good. For example, sounding the trumpet before you uh, as you give alms, or standing on the street corner and shouting your prayer, as opposed to going into your closet and praying unto thy Father which is in secret. The people that do these works for outward praise had their reward. Therefore, if we're looking at this, um, it may lead you to believe, well, if that's the case, then you can't really judge people by their works. But that's not the case. If we look at verse 5, right before the previous verses we read, it reads this, For I remember the word of God, which saith, By their works ye shall know them. For if their works be good... Then they are also they are good also So we have kind of a, a difficult situation here on the one hand You should be able to look at someone's works Determine if those works are good and determine therefore this uh, Individual is trending to be good or not um, and he does this right before saying but It's possible for an evil man to do something that might seem like it's good and have it not actually be good. So, by their works you shall know them, but also sometimes their good works might not be enough for you to know them, is what it kind of seems like. So if we're understanding this, there must be a way to perceive something beyond the external value of the good works, some way to recognize actual faith, that inspires truly good works. And they call this the Spirit of Christ. Let's go to our next reading. This is in uh, Moroni chapter 7, verses 15 through 18. For behold, my brethren, it is given unto you that to judge, that ye may know good from evil. And the way to judge is plain, that ye may know with a perfect knowledge, as the daylight is from the dark night. For behold, the Spirit of Christ is, is given to every man, that he may know good from evil. Wherefore I show unto you the way to judge, for everything which inviteth to do good, and to persuade to believe in Christ, is sent forth by the power and gift of Christ. Wherefore ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of God, but whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do evil, and believe not in Christ, and deny him, and serve not God, then ye may know with a perfect knowledge it is of the devil. For after this manner doth the devil work. For he persuadeth no man to do good, no, not one, neither do his angels, neither do they who subject themselves unto him. And now, my brethren, seeing that ye know the light by which ye should judge, which light is the light of Christ, See that ye do not judge wrongfully, for with that same judgment with which ye judge, ye shall also be judged. This is kind of important, this whole concept about the Spirit of Christ being the key to determine whether something is good or bad. And this is really important because Christ, when we read about his his, uh, teachings, his ministry in the New Testament, There are a lot of examples about how he could literally tell when something was good or bad. He was not fooled by people who came with flattering words, calling him good master. He was not fooled by people who pretended to have honest questions, like, by what authority do you do these things? Um, The ability to discern the motivations behind these things, to know if or when or how to answer these questions, when to speak and when to remain silent, these were perfectly used by our Master Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of Christ is given to every man. Therefore, All people have a similar ability to varying degrees, admittedly, to perceive evil and to sense good. Now, that doesn't mean this ability can't be lost. It's possible to be past feeling, to become desensitized to this sense. The term past feeling is used in 1st Nephi chapter 17, verse 45 in the New Testament's uh, Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, verse 9, and also in this reading in Moroni, chapter 9, verse 20, it talks about these people becoming past feeling. And you can almost compare this to the way that other senses could be dulled. If you stare at the sun, you could become past seeing. If you repeatedly blow out your eardrums with extremely loud sounds and no earplug, uh, earplugs or earmuffs, uh, you could become past hearing. The variance in this ability, even if you're not in that category of being past feeling, um, it makes the ability to study the scriptures and listen to the uh, prophets and apostles really important. This is recognizing the patterns in how God speaks to others. It's like being trained in what to look for. You can improve your visual skills. In a number of fields, whether it's reading languages, reading music, identifying fossils or bacteria under a microscope, or determining whether or not a piece of art is authentic or a forgery. These visual people, um, they have the same sort of sight, but they know how to use it. They know how to make it work really effectively. And the same can be done for your ability to use the sense of determining whether something is good or evil. Vital skill to develop. Okay, last subject. Has the Day of Miracles ceased? Really good reading that I want to cover in verses 35 through 37. And now, my beloved brethren, if this be the case, that these things are true which I have spoken unto you, and God will show unto you with power and great glory at the last day that they are true, and if they are true, has the day of miracles ceased? Or have angels ceased to appear unto the children of men? Or has he withheld the power of the Holy Ghost from them? Or will he? so long as time shall last, or the earth shall stand, or there shall be one man on the face of it to be saved? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for it is by faith that miracles are wrought, and it is by faith that angels appear and minister unto men. Wherefore, if these things have ceased, woe be unto the children of men, for it is because of unbelief, and all is vain. This is really important because God has not changed his goals or forgotten his covenants. That means the requirements of miracles have not changed. Therefore, if the frequency of miracles has changed, we can infer that the frequency of meeting the requirements of miracles is what has changed. In other words, if you don't believe that God will help you, You're right. And with as much emphasis, if you do believe that God will help you, you are right. God answers yes to more sincere and righteous requests than we realize. And it's vital that a person not lose faith. Do you want to be married? The answer is yes. Do you pray to the Lord to have children? His answer to you? Yes. Do you want to overcome sin or weakness? His answer to you, yes. Do you want to have missionary experiences? Do you want to gain new skills, gifts, knowledge, strength? His answer to you is yes. Keep in mind, faith does not mean on my terms and in the exact manner I prescribe. That's a demand. That's not asking. That's not a petition to God. That's certainly not the way to approach someone that you believe is God. Um, asking for a favor is something that is uh, something that He will answer yes to. Though, believe that God wants to fulfill your petitions in the way that will be best for you, because He loves you. Trust in His love for you. Trust in His power that he can accomplish it regardless of what temporary impediments may arise and may seem to make this impossible. God is capable of performing miracles. Finally, in conclusion, I will say the day of miracles has not ceased, and those with eyes to see will recognize many miracles. The ability to open our eyes to good and evil, to develop the spirit of Christ within us, is possible for any child of God. And using that ability, using good and evil as the basis for just judgments, both in how you judge yourself and in how you assess those around you, this is what Christ did. And this will lead to actual happiness, as opposed opposed to a frustrating approximation. We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at Moroni chapter 10, the end. Of course, as I mentioned before, there's a ton of stuff we did not cover. Please study this individually and with your family. And as always, fight on. (music)